Well, welcome to the Crossing Church Rewind, brought to you by the teaching team of the Crossing Church in Westminster, Colorado, where we dive a little deeper and explore a little further the ideas and themes shared from this past weekend at the Crossing Church. Well, I am Pastor Mark, discipleship pastor here at the Crossing Church, and with me today is... I'm Pastor Leslie, the children and family pastor here. And then the man, the myth, the legend... <laughs> the legend, apparently. I don't know about the legend, but it's Pastor Nathan, creative arts and teaching pastor here, and... I only work two days a week. It's true. He he uh, He's getting really good at the whole strobe light thing, though, because you're not here to uh, witness this. We, this is uh, this is a new intro song for us, and it starts playing, and the beat gets going, and I'm getting ready to start the intro, and then all of a sudden, Pastor Nate starts flipping the lights on and off. It was a rave, man. And I was trying really hard not to fall out of my seat. doing my best strong bad. You're... <laughs> All right, so for the three people who understood that reference. Also, just so you know, what you're listening to now is our second take because Pastor Mark could I, not hold I it I couldn't together. hold it together. I had he to. He lost it. I the did. system I is did. down. The system, the system was system. down. Yeah. Welcome were, to my life, everyone. There were, there were a lot of things that were down. But anyway, so uh, yeah, Pastor Nate, you were the uh, speaker this last week. Uh, but was. there were some there's some other exciting things that happened. Well, maybe not exciting, but you know. <laughs> it's you, all new you ask, I guess. Yeah, you, you did uh, celebrate a uh, milestone this week 13 years of marriage this uh, but actually, who but who's counting right my wife is well, specifically that, that's fair. That's and fair. i couldn't screw, i screwed up our first anniversary so i have not been able to screw up anyone since wait a minute i don't know if i know this story have i not told this one yet no okay. you have not so here's Detail. here's the deal i'm a giant u2 fan right oh i do know the story but always, go, go on yeah i always wanted on. to see them in concert yes and we were in Tennessee at the time, and one of my buddies at a small group got the four guys together that were there that night and said, hey, U2 is coming to Atlanta, and Muse, another band who's a phenomenal a huge band. Uh, phenomenal. favorite of mine, I'm like, oh, man, they're opening for them. If we all pool our money together and buy a fan club membership, we can get early access to tickets, and maybe we can get into the inner circle. So this was the concert where they had like this big like loop right. that went out, and they let fans and in the crowd inside the inner circle. Right. And um, so I'm like, I'm in like done. didn't even ask my wife. We're, you know, married at this time, but barely. And finally I get a text message from Justin, my friend. And he's like, Hey, our, um, our tickets, you know, came in, here's what you owe. And he, and I go, cool. Um, Hey, I know I didn't ask this before, but when is, um, when's the concert? (laughs) He goes, October 6th. And I'm like, Oh no. Uh Oh, but I mean, I still went. Yeah, of which course. Which is part of the problem. So me on our official one-year anniversary, and with three other dudes <laughs> pulling an all-night road trip <laughs> to Atlanta from Nashville, uh, and, and stood in line for twelve hours the yeah. next day on my anniversary to be in the inner circle for the U two and Muse concert. That's and, beautiful. Um, the how'd, good news is, how'd your wife feel about it? She was not happy. Yeah. But here's the thing: that this is when I knew that you know. I definitely made the right decision in marrying her is she wasn't upset that I went. She was upset that she wasn't invited to come with us to the concert. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. But you know, it was four dudes in a road trip. We slept on some guy's floor that I had never met before to get up and go stand in line for 12 hours. That's like a rite of passage, right? You know, you got to do that at some point in your life. Just happened to be on my one year anniversary. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you celebrated a little better this year. Yeah, I didn't go to a U2 yeah, you concert. Didn't go to a YouTube concert. I did hang out with my wife this time. Yeah. And you got it sounds like you got some tasty food. We went downtown. So uh we we splurge on our anniversary every year. Um we go to our favorite restaurant in Denver and we've we've tried a lot of different ones, but every year we go back to this um it's it's our special occasion place. It's called Rioja. 
It's on Larimer Square. It's delicious, by the way. We, we've, we've been there. Finally talked you into going. Yeah, it's amazing. It's not necessarily cheap, but... It's not bad, though. The f- it's not terribly expensive. You know, it's not like going to I Gordon Ramsay's yeah, place. I, I didn't, like, fall out of my seat when I saw the, uh, the bill. But what you get, like, in my opinion, the food you get for what you pay is just, it's another It's top-notch. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so we've gone there pretty much every year for a special occasion, usually our anniversary and sometimes another reason. But it is, I got the, the rack of lamb. And it was oh. like perfectly medium rare yes. with crispy potatoes that had mushrooms inside the potatoes. Oh, and man. It was, and we always get like the little artisan cheese board. It's called the picnic. And just we have a good night. We, we take our time and yeah. we just work through. Yeah. And Kelly always gets one thing. And so this will go into my help nerdy and foodie that I can really be because I'm Which kind of I appreciate and have benefited directly <laughs> from yes <laughs> yes absolutely so um the chef uh, chef Jen is um she's a top-notch award-winning chef and I knew about this restaurant moving here Right. And I knew it was supposed to be seasonal Mediterranean, which means the menu is always going to change. And I love my wife to death, but she's gotten way better over the 13 years of marriage and the five years of dating before that. When we first met and when we first got married, my my wife ate like my three-year-old. Yeah, right ch- now. chicken like, nuggets and chi- mac and cheese. That's about all she would eat. And so for us to go to this fancy restaurant, and I made it uh, the first time we went, it was on my birthday. So she couldn't say no, right? Like So right, she had right. to go. Um, and she found the only item on Chef Jen's menu that has never changed since day one. She has changed out every single other item because she wanted it to be a rotating seasonal menu. Right. Except for the artichoke and truffle tortellini. It's this mm. handmade pasta in this broth. And my wife, honestly, I think she would rather celebrate her anniversary with just the tortellini and pasta right? than yeah. with me. Yeah, well, she can have that and you can go find you too. So that's right. That's, I'll go to a concert. But yeah, so if you have a chance, if you want to splurge or go on like a nice little thing, this is, you know, not a sponsor. This, but yeah, I mean, if they want to sponsor us, they I will want to sponsor. happily take your food. Uh, Rioja is one of my favorite restaurants yeah. in Denver. Um, they're, so. they're excellent. We've we've only been once, but I think we're going to go back. So Absolutely, yes. we're going to go back. Yeah. I think just like a regular Friday. Yeah, but, well, you I, know, I don't know whatever. if my wallet can The only that, downside but. now, 13 years of marriage and... Um, now with two kids, yeah, like our schedules have shifted. So like right. we're with the early bird, 60 year olds eating our anniversary <laughs> dinner. Like it's still early enough that nobody's dressed up. And yeah. of course we're dressed up to the hilt because we don't ever do that. So we're all dressed up and we think we look nice and we walk in and there's like a bunch of 60 year olds, 70 year olds, which isn't that old if you're listening, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sitting at the tables, gumming their food. I mean, eating their food. Oh, whoa, whoa. Oh. Well, all right. I well, think you said it. Mark and I went when it was like 4.30 It was like 4.30. We were yeah. the only ones in there, I think. Yeah. We were home by some, six. Some people were still like <laughs> eating brunch, I think. You well, know, we did. Um, we did. Uh, I'll share this. Another little favorite of ours. And I don't know if you guys have been there yet, but uh, we decided, even though the dessert menu looked really, really good at Rioja, because it was our anniversary and Kelly's little favorite spot is she D-Bar. she go to Dairy Queen? Oh. D-Bar oh, yeah, dessert. is good. <laughs> so again, foodie nerdy, Keegan Gerhard is a, a uh, Swedish chef, not yeah. like the Muppet Swedish chef. But I believe he's Swedish. Um, I mean, he's lived in America a long time. But anyway, he's a, a Food Network kind of celebrity yeah. star, da, da, da. And he opened a, a while ago in Denver. It's called Dessert Bar is what it stands for. Right. And they would really just sell kind of fancy desserts and had very limited food. And it just got so popular that they've expanded to a new place and they've got a full menu. But we went over there afterwards for dessert only um, just because we also wanted to make sure we got home after the kids were asleep. Right. We, we ended dinner early enough. We were like, um, we need to waste a little more time right. so yeah. we don't let the baby still bedtime. Do we don't yeah. want to deal with them. Yeah. So, but anyway, yes, 13 years of marriage. It was, uh, 
you know, it was, it was a wonderful evening, just a chance to get away with no kids and enjoy some good, good food. Yeah, that's great. Well, so if you'd like to join us next week for our new podcast, The Crossing Church Talks About Food for an Hour. I could do that. I'd Literally, I got a book just recently. I've showed it to both yeah. of you called Taste and See. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of this biblical study walking through, but food is heavily involved and there's recipes in there. And, and, you're, and you're supposed to do the recipes like through the reading of the I, book. Definitely plan to. This could, we should do like a church-wide study I'm on all about this. It. I am Oftentimes all about it. Oftentimes in the morning, Pastor Nate, when you're like still kind of waking up, you're drinking your coffee, I come in and you're watching cooking shows. Always. Yeah. That's when I respond to my emails, um, first thing in the morning, I'll get my coffee, I'll respond to my emails and take care of some of the desk work. I've always got some form of cooking show on YouTube. And literally, this is my, I don't know if this is weird, I don't know if this is normal, but if you go to my YouTube TV recommended shows, it's, it's just all food network. It's either sports yeah. or food, and there's nothing yeah. in between. There's nothing so. wrong with that. I would feel like sometimes like you're gonna have like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. No, no, no. They, they watch that under their own profile. I was trying we uh, at your ordination service, I pulled up Frozen 2 on Disney Plus for Cammy. Sure. Definitely and, for the kid, not for um, me. <laughs> I accidentally clicked on Mark's I profile was so mad. instead of mine because mine's very eclectic, but Mark's is like Star Wars animal shows. Yeah. There's some others. Well, in Marvel. Uh, Marvel. Oh, and then like the Disney behind the scenes. Yeah, there's some other That's stuff, really it. I'm, mine's I'm a big random. Fan. But he's like, why did you she watch Frozen? I'm like, I haven't seen Frozen. You messed too. up the algorithm. Yeah, I'm, I've yeah. gotten like every recommendation for any like Frozen related behind the scenes. No, thing. mine it's is I'm me. literally switching me. between the NBA playoffs and Chopped on the Food Network on a regular oh, basis right go. now. There you go. So this is what I do for fun, and it's good. It's good. I've there got, are worse things. No, and and you guys have benefited with some of the strange recipes and things that I've tried at my mm -hmm. house just yes. to. Uh, just to experiment, and because I like to cook. So. Anytime you need to experiment, that's that's what I'm there for. <laughs> lead, lead stomach. That's lead uh, stomach. Oh, my, it's not that bad. I, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I'm willing to try stuff. Willing to try stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, Usually it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I've had a bad experience yet. Yet being the operative <laughs> word, but we'll get there. So anyway. there's still time. Yes, there is still time. Well, I don't know how to transition out of speaking of time, but speaking of time. No, I'm kidding. There's a uh, Pastor Nate was uh, this weekend's uh, speaker and. Honestly, after hearing it, gosh, what, four? 17 times? Yeah, I don't know. Because I was there for the original recording for some of our online stuff. And then now we're up to three services on Sunday. Um, and usually he's bouncing ideas kind of back and forth throughout the week. Uh, and this this was, I think, a tougher one. You kind of even admitted, like, you got closer yeah. to the, the recording and you said, I don't feel this comfortable about this one. This is what happens when you're not the lead pastor making the decisions. You're just the teaching pastor. And yeah. they're like, here's what you're talking about. And I'm like, oh, surprise. I don't know if this is one I would normally pick for myself. But again, you know, that's good. And, and as, a, as a speaker, as a pastor, you shouldn't always pick your home run hitting right. uh, topics. Yeah. But um, I've only got like three, so I'd be, <laughs> I'd be in trouble. So we, we're talking about, we're in this series called The Main Thing. And we're, I mean, the idea is obviously to keep the main thing, the main thing. And, and we're, we're kind of trying to identify and break down idols in our life and things that are taking top priority and top billing. And last week, you know, Pastor Brian talked a little bit about trying to identify some and how we need to recognize that there are idols in our life. They look different than a little golden statue. And, right. and sometimes they look different than we understand. And so my task this week was to kind of begin to talk about why it's important to break them down, yeah. why it's important to remove them. And we're going to start talking over the next few weeks about very specific idols that are kind of broad and everybody for the most part deals with on one level or another. But 
the passage that, that kind of works with this one is the second commandment, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, most people have at least heard of, but there's a, a phrase in it in the Exodus version. Cause you know, you also have the 10 commandments repeated later right. in Deuteronomy, um, but that I am a jealous God. And like, I, humanly, I, I'm speaking honestly and humanly, I hate that phrase. Like yeah. I just, it just yeah. feels weird right. to connect that. I mean, we connect so many other things with the concept of God's character, King of Kings and deliverer and healer. And I mean, even Paul talks about love is not jealous. And we, we talk about a God of love. And so like all of these ideas happen as you read through scripture and it's a pain in the butt uh, to try and kind of reconcile how we understand this word jealous when connected with this loving, compassionate God. Yeah, and and it's not like it's not like the author of this Exodus passage goofed and used the wrong word because we actually see it throughout Scripture as God being described as a jealous An God, all-consuming fire, jealous. But it's interesting because every time it's connected with God, it's a very specific Hebrew word. Yes, it's not the same word that we would see to describe, for instance, human jealousy. Exactly, which is different. So when Paul uses it later in Corinthians, when he um, says he's jealous for something, it's a different Hebrew, or well, actually, that'd be Greek, well, but it's, Greek, a, it's a yeah. different word, but they all stem from the same similar right. root. Um, so this this word that we use to describe God, we don't have a great, really good English word to capture all the nuance that right. there is in it. Um, but it has more more to do with this idea of zealousness or zeal or passion or enthusiastic or ardent. So it kind of brings a different characteristic when you think of it that way, that God is very passionate and enthusiastic for us. Um, that, that jealousy is because God wants what's best for us. And one of the things I, di- I didn't pick part uh, in the sermon was specifically this idea that, you know, jealousy on its own, even in our even the human understanding specifically, is not a sin. Right. In the same way that anger is mm-hmm. not a sin, but how you act out of that state of anger or act out of that state of jealousy is where we begin to get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, God gave us emotions and God is an emotional God. We have to be able to accept that if we're made in God's image, then God obviously has emotions. And one thing that I know, Pastor Nate, you and I had talked about last week before your sermon was this idea that God is jealous for instead of God is jealous of, Yeah. which I think is a very important distinction because God, like the reality is, is God doesn't need us. God wants us. Yeah. Um, and human jealousy is almost often gets switched to well, I want it because I need it. It's almost got a tinge of envy to it. Yeah. 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 That, and I think that's one of the things that I, I really even, you know, as we were talking about this uh, the, the week prior and really trying to figure out, okay, where are we going to, you know, stick into this? And we, and we talked about the the understanding of the human variant of it versus the God variant of it. And, and I just kept picturing, so the, the Pixar movie Inside Out, I kept mm-hmm. picturing like a different character of jealousy. And it just every so often rears its ugly head in, in the human context. But like it, you bringing up, you know, all of these other different definitions of it and, and the way that it is, it is, I mean, literally otherworldly. Like it is not something that we can take and necessarily grasp in the midst of our own understanding. However, we start to see glimpses of it in there's the way a, that God interacts with us. There's a holiness yeah. to the jealousy, right? Yeah. There's a there's a perfectness to that jealousy because it's not a it's not an I want what I can't have. It's I really want what's best for you. 
Um, you know, it's not jealous ex-boyfriend, like I said, where you have to get a restraining order. Right. It is somebody who continually wants to provide and wants to give you what is absolutely going to be the best for you. But also, and, uh, and I touched on this, it's not it's not just continually hounding you and making you feel awkward. Like, there's grace to it. And if you want to just turn away and say, no, like, God allows you to do that. But so much in our humanness, here you go, here's your million-dollar word that you laughed at me for using. <laughs> But we tend to anthropomorphize yeah, uh, that's the, a big one. the jealousy onto God. We project how we understand it onto something, some entity that is not yeah. us, yeah. right? And in human terms, we understand jealousy connected with this pettiness, this envy, this sometimes bitterness. And um, so it's hard for us to use that phrase. So I tried to use it um, in a way where literally every time I'd use it connected to God, I'd make sure to add enthusiastic and passionate, uh, like there's this deep, full devotion towards uh, us from God. And God really wants that back from us. If, if, you know, we're fully and deeply devoted to somebody or something like, you know, 13 years of marriage worth, like yeah. if my wife last night brought another guy along on her anniversary <laughs> day, I, I would have been like, well, hold like, on, excuse me. Yeah. This doesn't seem right. Um, you know, I want that devotion and that passion back. Yeah. So, and that's how we, we sometimes can think through this, this God is a jealous God because, He's so passionately and deeply devoted to the best for us. Yeah. Well, and, and I love that you bring up, you know, this idea of this jealousy being a, a holy, a holy jealous. I mean, and that's because we see it in scripture. And this is something that a lot of people have argued over time, you know, be holy as my father is holy. We hear that from Jesus. And and we've often, you know, we've often kind of seen that and we're like, how in the world am I supposed to be holy? How am I supposed to be perfect? How am I, you know, and, and that's where I think it is just giving us a glimpse into this. You know, God is wanting just as much of, of the passion, of the zeal, uh, of just the, the, the fervor in our own life um, towards, you know, he, he wants that back. You know, and, and wants to receive that from us just as much as, as what God is willing to give to us. But yeah, it's just such a, an amazing, an amazing type of love that, uh, you know, really is, is tough for us to understand. Um, and you actually use, you, uh, you reference a parable. I did. I, I'm pretty sure I heard it I like don't remember. seven times. I don't, I don't remember know. this. No, this is, this is a pretty, uh, this is a parable that, um, I think I would argue out of any parable in scripture, this is the one that most people uh, whether you're a Christian or not, probably have at yeah. least heard a somewhat of a reference to. So the the parable of the prodigal son. Yeah. Um, which you know, it's if the the short version of it is you know the a kid dumb kid you know wants to <laughs> you know let's be honest it's what he is you know he's a dumb kid he's making stupid mistakes he goes to his father and he says I'm done with this I want my share of the inheritance now. And I want a new Balumba and I want it now. <laughs> yeah, and then it swells up to be a giant blueberry or whatever, you know. No, uh, is that the same character? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it's not. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Anyway. No, none of those characters are in the parable. Just yeah, so you no, know. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, yeah, Let's not get is, confused yeah. here. Um, so, so yeah, back to scripture. Uh, no, we, we see this this kid. I mean, really, that's what he is. And, and he goes off and he squanders the wealth, um, you know. And, and you didn't go into a lot of detail of, like, what he was doing. But, like, it, it got bad enough to the point of where he was eating scraps for Living in a pig pen, yeah, right in the mud, in the muck, in the mire, just yeah. like living in that. Yeah. Um, but what I find interesting, well, uh, to finish the the quick synopsis, right. is he he kind of goes, oh no, I'm I'm I have no nowhere else to turn, and yeah. decides to return home. Humbly decides to return home because of the way he talks to his father, but the father sees him coming from a distance, like and like you know Brian has told us before that he just jumps off the porch, he leaps off the porch and runs to him. And when he was younger, he used to mimic that from the platform. Yeah. And the last time I heard him say it, he's like, "Just imagine somebody jumping off of this platform." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but um, 
So that that's kind of the, I think this parable is a really good understanding and characteristic of God and a really good way to kind of even talk through this idea of this jealous, perfect, holy love that God has for us. Because one, the father didn't argue with him when he's like, give me what I want. Yeah. Give me the money yeah. now. And God just says, okay. Or the father in the story says, okay. And he lets him go off and squander it. But like the other details that he saw the son coming back from a distance. Means that the father was waiting. Looking. Yeah, the entire like, time. It was an active, my son is gone. What do I do? I have a personal antidote here. When I was in high school, um, in kind of like the depths of my depression, I turned away from God because that's a normal thing to do in depression. <laughs> um, and after I kind of got stabilized a little bit, I remember I used to talk to God on my cell phone so I could walk outside and talk out loud and not look like a crazy person. That's fair. That's how and I get past Girl Scouts at the store. <laughs> like when they're standing outside and phone. I have to walk in, I just put my phone up to my head. Yeah, to have a conversation. it's like a super valid, <laughs> right? Like, I, what, if I had you, a, what if you don't want to go past the Girl Scouts at the door because they have cookies? Well, Th- then you absolutely need to use your phone. Oh, but back no. to me. All right, sorry, sorry. Um, We're talking about food again. Uh, so I was um, one night, like I knew I needed to go back to God. And I just like flipped open my silver Samsung flip phone. And I like put uh, it to my ear. She was fancy. Which probably and, is still working yeah, and has not run out of battery. Oh, yeah. Shape and if then. it's not working, it's a great paperweight. Yeah. Um, and I remember clear as day, God said to me, I've been waiting for you to call yeah. me back. Yeah. It's that same, God wasn't calling me incessantly. He was waiting for me to say, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. And, and just imagine how, oh man, just how, how difficult that is. Like you are giving your all to some, you know, yeah. to, to someone. And literally in this case, you know, it's God giving God's all to creation and, and, but having, having that capacity and that, that gracious loving ability. And, and you talk about this, just the fact that, you know, we can turn away if that's, if that's our choice, which like that might make some people uncomfortable to think about and to talk about, but it, you know, that's the case. I mean, it's, that's part of what um, love really is, right? Like, and I, I liken this to this deep, passionate, loving relationship that one would have with, you know, somebody they dated or somebody they first fell in love with. And there's this, you open yourself up to the possibility of hurt. Yeah. You open yourself up to the possibility of anguish because as soon as that person that you're deeply and passionately in love with and devoted to says, nah, I, I'm going to walk away at this point. Like it hurts. And so for the creator of the universe to, to be so deeply involved or deeply connect, connected and committed to us as humans, like to open God's self up to the pain and the anguish that may come yeah. if we say, no, nah, we're good and walk away. I mean, that's, it is a testament to just how deeply God truly cares for us. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we, we really have, have seen again, how language um, just doesn't necessarily do this justice in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we, we've talked about the understanding of human jealousy versus the jealousy that God shows us. Uh, we, we've seen even that, that level of graciousness, you know, from, from humans, it might just even be us, you know, forgiving someone for doing something dumb, you know, and, but for God, it, it's like, no, I'm willing to let you choose your own path. I'm willing to let you do this. And then, and then there's this, this last point that you bring up is that God constantly is pursuing us, you know? And when I hear that, I think of, you know, stalker ex-boyfriend. Bad or, boys, or, bad yeah, boys. Exactly. What you gonna do? Like, <laughs> what you gonna do when they come for you? Bad exactly. Boys. Uh, you know, that, that's what, that's what we envision. But with God, it's not this, 
overbearing. It's not this, uh, you know, constantly breathing down your neck is, is reminding you, Hey, remember that one time you did something, you know, you owe me for that. It's just this calm presence that is always there and is always ready to say, you know, I welcome you back. Whenever you're ready, there's arms wide open. Oh, Did no. I go Creed? Oh, no. It's amazing this podcast is free, people. Honestly, know, it's right? really amazing that right? we just give this away. This just... You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but there is this, God just constantly, like, uh, I think we that we even put out like a little picture with me, which was weird, uh, with a quote on it that just, you know, this is a God that allows us to walk away. This is a God that allows us to say no, but like continually goes to the ends of the earth to give us every single chance, every yeah. conceivable way to yeah. still say yes. Yeah. Right. So like we can, we have that freedom, but like God is always still there. Just like at the moment you want to say, yes, I'm, I'm not going to hound you. I'm not going to, you know, like I'm not going to be the one calling you on your cell phone and begging, but I've been waiting for your call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really kind of one thing that I don't know if this next question, if it even really has an answer, but Deep nope. thoughts with Mark. Hunter. I know, right? You know, these are the types of questions that you despise. Well, not necessarily. I just wrestle with them. I don't. I don't necessarily come to a conclusion. But you know, it, it is what it is. But does everything have to end a nice little bow for you? No, because just uh, like the story of the prodigal right, son, as we actually see, and this is this is one thing in in going back to that parable. Um, it doesn't necessarily end with happily ever after. It, it does for most of the characters no every biblical story is tied up with a perfect little bow and they all go on happily ever after if you and if you would like the list of stories that don't end with a happy little bow uh, contact yeah. me at you the know. prodigal son jonah, jonah inception yeah whatever <laughs> is that in there is that in there? I, I thought that was part of revelation i, think, I, I thought I it was mean, the book of hesitations I don't know. Uh, did someone say inception wow it's nice that that's queued up. Yeah, right. It's just there and ready. But no, it's it's you know that that does beg the question. Um, so if you don't know the the final final end of the prodigal son, where the bow actually kind of gets wrinkled a little bit, there was no bow at all. No, there's not a bow at all. Uh, the other son. So there's a second son who shows up and is supposed to be the wiser of the two and is supposed to understand what the father is doing and basically says, "Dad, screw that guy. Like, why are you doing this?" And and it really does back the question, which son are we, you know, are, are we, you know, even in the midst of our own faith journey, you know, obviously there are going to be times where we are the prodigal son. Um, there might be times where we're looking at someone else's story and we are the older brother and we're the ones that are saying, you know, dad, God, why are you, why are you putting up with this? Why are you allowing this to happen? Um, and I think that's, that's something we have to wrestle with. I think that's something that, that we need to be able to, to think about and, and talk about. Yeah, and I think um, the why are you allowing this to happen is one of the questions. I think another one of the questions is, God, how can you actually forgive this person? Yeah, yeah. Who did this really terrible thing? I think it's like any of those hard questions. Um, we have a a word in theology called theodicy, which is the study of God and evil, um, and how how do the two exist? Um, and it's such a hard thing to grapple with and try to come to terms with, but the answer is always the same at the end of the day, which is God is love and God's love is greater than any evil in the world. I was uh, trying to look up because I couldn't remember who, who did it. There's a book called the product or the return of the prodigal son or the prodigal son. And it's by Henry Nowen. Oh yeah. uh, Yeah. Where he literally each chapter is him sitting in front of this painting. Yeah. And putting himself in the place of a different character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how does he engage 
with the father in this story? How does he engage with the prodigal son? How does he engage with the older brother? Like all of these things. And that's what I find sometimes so fascinating about how we read these scriptures and is that we can put ourselves into these different places. Again, how would we act? How, how can we see our life through that lens? Um, You know, we always come back to knowing what the, I can't say knowing what the the, um, parable talks about because nobody really ever knew what the parables were. It's like (laughs) somebody asked Jesus a question, he just rambles some random story and you're like, how does, what, how did that connect? No, they're, they're pretty deep and thought provoking. That's kind of how he, he talked in stories. But when we talk in stories, when we talk in, you know, art, movies, music, like we're able to connect with it because we are in a sense story people. Yeah. Like we like to connect with yeah. characters in movies. We like to connect with characters in, uh, in um, books that we read or, or moments or feelings in music. So when Jesus is telling these stories, we have that opportunity like Henry now to sit in front of it and place ourselves within the story in many different aspects. And it's a very good discipline to do as you're reading through certain scriptures is read it more than once yeah. and look at it from a different perspective, especially these wonderful stories that Jesus talked about, these right. parables that he told. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there's just, uh, there's so much good stuff in there. Um, and and I, we could, we could spend all day on that. I, unfortunately we can't, but I, I, I mean, do, we could, but you're all going to turn it off. Well, eventually. yeah. You know, and, and we got to record that food podcast at some point. So. <laughs> I, was saying, I have other things to yeah, do. Well, yeah. There's that. So I, I kind of want to, so as we begin to wrap up, I do want to end with, I've got two questions for us. So the, there's, there's 42. Yeah. 42 is always the answer. Um, one of these questions is, is definitely more serious. Uh, and then, you know, we'll get into the, the fun, the fun stuff we can't later. End serious. Yeah, you can't end serious. Especially for this serious through. Yeah. I mean, we've like, actually been pretty well behaved, which is funny because who's missing from the podcast today? I know. Hmm. I know. And all of a sudden it's like serious. I don't, I don't know if I can make that connection in my head or yeah. tie the bow up yeah, nicely and weird, end the story. But you know. I mean, for, you know, maybe we just have Pastor Brian and you and me on the show next week and we can just compare <laughs> and, <laughs> and you see just how bad it gets. Anyway, so this, uh, this, this, sorry, last, this last question. Yeah, we are sorry, listeners, but um, email us at Mark. <laughs> yes. With any complaints, concerns, uh, we, we have talked about this God that is jealous, that is zealous for us, that has a love for us, um, that is just so even beyond our own comprehension to an extent, um, you know, it, a God who is gracious for us and, and constantly pursues us. Why in the world do we sometimes turn away from that? Why, why, why do we say, I want my inheritance now and oh, walk simple, away? Easy. And no, I'm just kidding. It's not, yeah, right. It's, it's, right. It's just a three word answer. Um, Sometimes we I, are dumb. We are dumb. <laughs> we are the dog with our head in the toilet bowl, drinking yes, the water. Yes. Uh, go back and watch the sermon for yeah, that reference. If you missed that. Um, yeah, I think part of it is there's there's something tangible to these idols that we put in place uh, of God, like legit, you know, sex, money, power. Like we we can hold on to it and we can feel it immediately. And sometimes the way God works isn't as immediate or isn't as always hyper present as yeah. those things. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes easy to replace God with these other idols that are tactile yeah. that are. Yeah. Uh, immediate response that are, you know, like the prodigal son. I want my money and I want it now. Call JG. I was just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) It's my money and And I I want want it now. (laughs) Not a sponsor. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not a sponsor. So that's my answer. And obviously it's not right, but (laughs) well, you know, we'll fact check you later. (laughs)
Are we using Wikipedia to fact well, check you know, this there's answer? That. There's um, that. No, you use the sources from Wikipedia. Come on. That's this how you write college papers. For, yeah, any college student out there listening to this. Start at Wikipedia, go to the bottom and go to those sources. <laughs> Done. It's a great paper. How did we ever graduate? I just <laughs> C's get degrees, baby. That's Amen. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I guess you're still technically working on a degree. Yeah. You know, it's sort of. I have a degree. Yeah, well, yeah, a degree. I have an undergraduate degree. Yeah, you're working on another one. Yeah, sort of. Kind of. Kind of. Sometimes. It's there. <laughs> There's days. Anyway. Um, I think another element of why. She's like, what we were we talking about? It's okay. I'm good. And I'm just, I'm just helping remind our listeners yeah, that the question was, why do we turn away or say no? Yeah. Um, is shame. Yeah. Yeah. How I cannot love the perfect God of love perfectly. It's the reason it took the prodigal son so long yeah. to yeah. turn back There's around. There's so yeah. much shame. There's shame, embarrassment. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is what I did with what you gave me. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it I think it almost always starts with instant gratification. Yeah. And then... Works its way around. We stay for so long away because our shame holds us in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's important to note, even just, um, you know, kind of things that I've studied and learned over the years, you know, our, our particular culture, we're not super heavy into the honor shame kind of like there's an it's element. A very Eastern yes, concept. Yes. That we there's, don't... A, there's an element of it. So imagine even for other people, you know, across the world who might be reading this narrative and seeing this and understanding this level of shame. I mean, this is, this is something that should be taken seriously. And, and, um, you know, when we do turn away from God, when we say no, um, as, as difficult as it is, you know, again, this whole human understanding versus God understanding for us, when we return and we are admitting our shame, you know, we are uh, admitting our guilt, you know, that's, we're so wrapped up in that. And, and that's what we see in, in the prodigal son. But what God really cares about is just, no, you're, you're back. You're finally back, yeah. you know, and that and that's it. But for God to open God's self up to that potential pain oh, I know. and hurt. I know. And not even just once. Like when we fall in love, we fall in love usually with one person at a time. Meh. No. <laughs> God is wow. being rejected yeah. by millions and millions of people. All right. Well, that's a downer. And that's the way it ends. I did. So, I mean, we all understand that passion, right? We've all yeah. probably been dumped or broken up with at some point yeah. in our love career. Maybe not. Maybe if you're listening. Love career. Love career. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> trademarked. Okay. Yeah, just, I got dumped once. Just once? Well, not many times. <laughs> On April Fool's Day. Oh, no. Was it a real dumping? No. It was, but I didn't know you until didn't midnight. Know. Like, I, I no. literally waited all day for the April Fool's because I just wasn't sure. And she just, I was waiting for midnight. Mid 12.01 rolled around. The phone hadn't rung. I go, okay, I guess I guess we really did break up today. <laughs> then I began to process the grief yeah, and the pain yeah, that I course, felt. Of course. So, you know, don't dump anybody on April Fool's Day. Just right. wait. Well, wait one more day. If you, or if, until after 12, right? Yeah, yeah April, exactly. Like, it ends at that, noon. That, no, April no. Fool's Day ends at midnight. Oh, so this is a Canada thing. Oh, it is not just a Canada. I swear this that, is just a Canada no, thing. No, it's not. April, you can only do April Fool's joke in the morning. It's like the entire, you know, the entire world uses the it's metric system. It's called April like, Fool's you know, Day. No, yeah. it's just called not April, April Fool's, Fool's Morning. Yeah, April Fool's Morning, you know. Okay. Oh, 1201, can't yeah. do anything. At least know. Americans know how to celebrate the holiday it's correctly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Jeez. though, your Thanksgiving is way too close to Christmas, which means that's a lot of family in six weeks. Oh man, speaking of food. It is, but it's a lot of food. Speaking oh. of food, does that, oh, when is, when is Canadian Thanksgiving? Next Monday. Uh, are we celebrating? 
haven't made any plans oh, yet. Oh, man. Do you guys have turkeys for that? What do you do? Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. In fact, actually, so there's one time in particular, and then, you know, I got to ask my last question still. <laughs> we keep talking about food. This has become was, a food podcast. Know, right? there, was, there was one uh, Canadian Thanksgiving where we happened to have another Canadian staying with us. Um, he, he was doing He was doing some uh, on-site classes uh, at seminary, and so he was staying with us because we had a guest uh, guest room. And they went and they got the the just gelatinous cranberry, like which mm-hmm. I do not eat. No, she no, doesn't usually do that's it that the way. Only kind of cranberry sauce you can have. No, you have to make it from scratch. No, See, so that's, uh-huh. that's the no, thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as good. I'm not as. It's I'm not, better. I'm You're not right. A huge, oh man, they're arguing. I'm what a do foodie. I do? What do I, I do, think listeners? I know. Listeners, what do I do? No, that's right in. Tell us. Yeah. Is it canned like ocean <laughs> ocean it, spray? Because yeah. you know it's got grooves on exactly where to cut it. Like and it's that was the part. Because you you open up the top. But the sound it makes when it jiggles out. So gross. It's like a weird. Suction cup noise. It's so I gross. don't it like hit, it. It hit the plate and just went. If there's, <laughs> if, but if there's one thing that Americans are good at, it's kind of just subsuming everybody else's tradition yeah. without even asking. Telling like we celebrate Cinco de Mayo for some reason, so we can celebrate Canadian yeah. Thanksgiving right. which, exactly. if we want to. Which is Columbus Day here. It's not. It's Indigenous Peoples Day. Indigenous Peoples Day. Have we officially it, changed that? In, in Colorado, it has. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. And I think Mother Cabrini Day. Yes. Yes. Uh, I actually was well reading something about that yeah, today. Yeah, so we can get on that later. Yeah. But yeah, I learned something. Either way. I can make a turkey at any time. Is what I'm okay. really trying to tell just, you guys. But there's baseball, and it could be complicated. No, you'd get a deep fryer, and you deep fry that sucker. I'm all about it. So, all right, last question. And try not to set your garage on fire. <laughs> uh, there's a backstory behind that. If you want to know, uh, ask Pastor Nate. So, anyway, um, <laughs> that was actually a barbecue. Oh, and not bad. a turkey not frying a, not accident. A deep fryer. Well, you know, anyway. and it wasn't my garage. Yeah. Uh, you know, Close. That's, that's fair. It was close. It was next to your garage. Tammy, get the hose. Oh, no. That's a different... I thought you were telling a, a different story where... No. How many just, times have you tried to burn down your that house? Was, no, I showed up to a fantasy football draft at the former youth pastor's oh, house. Oh, yes. You've told me this And story. his garbage can was on fire yeah. sitting next and to his were, garage. You were the only one that knew. And I ran inside and I'm like, where is the fire extinguisher? Your garage is on fire. And literally the whole room looked at me and went... Yeah, right. Because, like, that would be something I would do. But at that moment, it wasn't a joke. Like, yeah. you're great. Like, no, you're it's not April Fools. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry. That's no, it. yeah. So, to, to wrap up our final final kind of thing about uh, a jealous God, there was a song that was played at the very end. <laughs> and so, I got to know. Nate, Pastor Nate already knows where I'm going I think with I know this. where you're going, so too. So, here's the real question. Is, is it, it sloppy wet? Is it sloppy wet kiss or is it unforeseen kiss? I just... I, I think we're just so... Hypersexualized as a society. <laughs> I'm just really happy it's not both. That sloppy wet kiss to me just, and, and maybe it's the puritanical influence in kind of our, our, our sexual identity as a country, but it just feels like I get like a, that is not something I want from God. I don't even like it from my dog, honestly, because it's just <laughs> messy. Yeah, she's pretty good about that. She is. Especially right after she's drank out of a toilet exactly. bowl. Exactly. So and, and you pray one of the kids flushed beforehand. Know, right? The number of times. So, Pastor Leslie, um, what do you think? I think I prefer singing Unforeseen Kiss. I think it's fun to sing Sloppy Wet Kiss because it's, people out there just stop for a second. Yeah, like, <laughs> but, like, I, at camp, I... It was a, it was unforeseen and sloppy wet. And it was like one of my, it was my first kiss ever. And it was awful. So I just don't like either. <laughs> I'm not jealous of that one. Not at all. <laughs> I do think there is something to. I don't want either. Artistic integrity of doing the song the way the person intended it. But at the same time, 
man, I think there's such depth in that song. Oh yeah. To not do it and just yeah. change up one word that might bother congregation. We, I know that's a whole other podcast uh-huh, argument really that many people have already had, but uh, I fall on the unforeseen kiss yeah. side of everything. I'll, I'll stick with that. However, I will say every single service when I came down front, <laughs> every single service we get down for scene and out of the out of the corner of my you know earshot, I would hear sloppy wet kiss. You know, and Pastor Nate would laugh. And it wasn't anywhere near that deep though. Well, it was more yeah, like sorry. sloppy wet kiss. Sloppy wet kiss. Which I think but. makes it worse. <laughs> She's got a point there. She does have a point. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Crossing Church Rewind. As always, you can find more information about our church at our website, crossingchurch.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or Instagram, or if you have any questions, comments, you can email us at podcast at crossingchurch.org. And if you want to financially support the ministries of the church, you can do that also online at our website at crossingchurch.org slash give. We appreciate you sticking with us this long, and we hope to see you next week for our food podcast. <laughs> We're talking cranberry We're, scones. <laughs> it's going to be a good yum, one, yum, folks. Yum. Which is really just a twice-baked cookie.